We've been talking about how to navigate change, promotion, new relationships, whatever, you know, because God is always endeavoring to get people down the road to increase their business, increase their life, enhance relationships. The path of the righteous, we saw this, grows brighter and brighter day by day. That doesn't mean it's not without obstacles, but it does. Try that again. It does, right? Right? It does. It grows brighter and brighter. So just in review, a couple of things. One of the weeks we talked about, uh, you know, if we're going to go into a new place, we are going to have to uh, probably make some changes in our thinking because bigger places take bigger thinking. And if we've been in a place for a long time, and it's not as big as where you're going. You know, it's kind of, there's a term in, in uh, growing plants. They talk about a plant that is pot bound. And what it is, is the roots have grown and filled the pot and maybe just overly filled the pot. And what it's done is it stunted the top part of the growth. And so they'll tell you, take it out and put it into another pot pot bigger and then the roots will begin to grow and the top will begin to grow and really there is a thought there sometimes you know you can get pot bound in your thinking you know you filled out your thinking at the level you're at God's trying to take you to another place move you higher in whatever the area is and small thinking needs to expand in a bigger place because in a bigger place small thinking just won't fill it. And that's real important because the children of Israel, that happened in their life. God said, it's time to move into a better place, a place that abounds in blessings. Even though God was with them in Egypt, and when they left, they still had their Beverly Hillbillies mentality. If you ever watch the TV show, they became millionaires. They left the woods. They ended up in Beverly Hills, but they brought their mentality with them. And so I understand this. You cannot change all your mentality before you get into the new place. Nobody can. Because there's too many unknowns, and those are the things that will help you stay in a new place as you become teachable and aware, I need to learn so I can be better efficient, and, and it's super important. We said this uh, also concerning transition as you start growing internally, and uh, God starts uh, helping you to move into a new place in life, it could be just a deeper walk with God. You can start to observe things that are around you that uh, can maybe, if you're not careful, can bother you. What do I mean by that? All of a sudden, things that were always the way they were kind of make you, why aren't they seeing that? Why aren't they doing that? How come they don't do this? You know, they, they should be doing this. And, and, and this would be better if these people did this on this job or in this relationship. And some of that, and I'll explain this, some of being able to see something you didn't see before is directly connected to God trying to move you up. In other words, if you think, you know, 
you go into a restaurant and it's always been good and all of a sudden you're like, this is disorder. It should be done like this. It should be done like this. You never saw it before. You were real comfortable with it. Why are you seeing it now? It may be that you're seeing it because you're developing and beginning to see things you never saw before. Isn't that true in raising kids as you grow? How many of you know if you've got kids that are 15, you think way different than you did when they were first born? Isn't that true? I mean, you pretty much knew everything when they were first born. Then by the time they were two or three, you're like, yikes. What are we going to do? But as you grow, after a while, you start seeing different. Well, growth can be like that with God. You can start seeing things. Why does the praise and worship do this? Why didn't this person do this? It can be because you're growing. And in transition times, we need to be careful to maintain a good attitude and look and go, why am I beginning to see things? You know, you can get disgruntled in your relationship with God. Get really dissatisfied. Dissatisfaction is not always a bad thing. It can be a real driving motivation to want to press in. And But what we need to do is really evaluate what are these things that are happening in my life. And so we kind of have gone over different things about transition. And today I want to share uh, about what happens when you're in transition, or I mean at the door. And so I guess maybe if I was going to give this a title, I would call it at the door or at the threshold. What is a door? What is a threshold? It's, it's, it's a passageway from one place into another. And in life, we come to thresholds or doorways where we pass from one thing to another. It can be a kid graduating from high school and there's, you know, you're, you're thrust through the door. You're going through to a new place. No matter where you're at, how you've prepared, you're there. And there are people like that in all different kinds of things in life. You know, starting a job fresh, uh, moving up in a job. There are, there are passageways you go through. Some of them are thrust upon you. Some of them we've prepared and then we stand at the door. And one thing that's interesting to me about promotion or new opportunities or transitions is they are really like intersections in a road. You know, no matter how long the road has been that you've been going on, there are probably some turns along the way where you could pull off into a parking lot or pull off into a side street. Some highways, there's not a lot of turnoffs. You know, you could pull over. But when you come to an intersection, it is a very interesting thing. Because when you come near an intersection, you're going to have a lot of distractions. Often distractions you don't have along the way. Signs, signals, a lot of motion. I mean, it can be exciting. You know, you're observing things. Wow, look at this, look at this. You know, most accidents occur in an intersection. I was actually this morning at Starbucks, because you know I'm a coffee drinker, 
okay, I'm not, but I did get their egg bites. And uh, I know this guy, and I see him occasionally, and I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, he said, this intersection up here, he said, it's real interesting. He said, we get a lot of accidents there. And I told him, thank God for divine protection. He's a Christian. And um, as we were talking, he said that just, you know, in that intersection, and there is such a truth about intersections, there is a lot that happens. There are options in an intersection that are not always in other places, too, which we need to recognize, especially when we're moving into something God is doing. Transitions are huge. And here's what I've learned over time. As we've worked uh, to move forward, we've come into positions, there can be a real uh, temptation right at the transition. And I know this by experience. I know this by being around people. A, a, a sense of, I need to draw back. Uh, uh, do I really want to do this? And we know deep down we want to do it. And we know we live for it. We know we've prepared for the transition. But there can be an element of the unknown and things that would just push at you and say, just don't go through. Don't cross over into this new thing. I remember when I worked in commercial construction, I would think, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get out of here. Then all of a sudden, the day is thrust on you. I didn't want to stay, but the thoughts are unknown. You know, and if we've had issues from where we were and now we're going into something else, you're going to have to really work on your mentality and go, okay, wait a minute. Not all my old ways of thinking are going to be a good, are going to be a good fit for me where I'm going. One thing is uh, maintain a good attitude along the way. When you enter in, maintain a good attitude. A bad attitude will eat you, and a good attitude will feed you. Be real careful as you transition in life and move in and move on with God. How we uh, are with our mental focus is a big thing on how we're going to eat. Anybody ever kind of started thinking down a wrong path? It's not good to eat there. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Well, when you meet somebody today after church who has thought down a wrong path, you will realize this is not the way to go. And we want to eat right and realize God has your best at stake. You ready to get into the Word? Turn with me to Habakkuk, the first chapter, and uh, we're going to look at a couple of things here about transition, how different people transitioned at, at life, at kingdom business, personal things, ministry. There are different people who transitioned, and were, it, they were like at the door. And you know, there is that time that really does come to people where the dream of transition, the dream of change, the dream of promotion, the dream of a better relationship or a new one, all of a sudden is upon you. What am I going to do when I'm standing there and ready to take the step or it's like right there? 
It's been interesting teaching this stuff, how many people have come up and talked to me about their own life and that they're facing these things right now. And so hear what God has to say out of this. What do the scriptures have to say? Habakkuk 1 verse 5 said this, Look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told you. What a profound thing. God said, I'm trying to do something and I'm going to do it and I'm working it and it's going to happen in your days. And if it could be told you, you wouldn't even believe it. Wow, what an encouragement. What do you mean I wouldn't believe it? You know, one reason why we wouldn't believe it is because it could be so good and big beyond our comprehension. We've always dreamed a certain way and this is what it's going to be and we have our little thing and we got it all packaged the right way and this is how it's going to be when we move forward and God's like, nah. If I could explain it to you, it'd be beyond what you're thinking. Because isn't it true we do, we measure by what we've seen? How many people maybe 75 years ago thought, man, if I could run a four-something-whatever mile, I would be knocking it out of the park. Now you're a slowpoke, and I'm slower than a slowpoke. I mean, but it's because all of a sudden things start getting revealed that are beyond what people have experienced before. I mean, war is that way. You know, military stuff has increased over the years. And who would have known that we would have the things today 200 years ago? A bomb that could blow up a country or, you know, a small country. Annihilate an island land or something like that. But things can be revealed naturally. But how many of you know God's got bigger plans? And he has things that people don't know of. And so maybe we've thought, okay, um, it's going to be good. But one thing is we talked about this last week and we didn't review it this week, is we talked about the importance of promotion that comes through your personal relationship with God. Seek first the kingdom of God. We went into different details and how he would start working things in you. One scripture that we didn't use that I think fits maybe all of what we've been teaching is in Romans, the 15th chapter. It talks about how that we can abound and we will abound in hope by the power of the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit will cause people as they walk with Him to abound in hope. Well, I hope I see you tonight. I hope you have a good week is often, you know, some of the phraseology we would use concerning hope. But when God talks about hope, you know, and I know recently I sent somebody a message said, hope you're doing well. And I was thinking of it from God's standpoint, not like I wish, but God's standpoint about hope is literally a positive expectation from God's standpoint about something. And so God has big plans. And when we walk with God, one thing that he will do, and we're talking about passing through the doorway or coming to the doorway or taking those steps into new things, 
is he will cause you to abound with hope or a real strong expectation inwardly. Now, I've learned this over the years, that you can really have a strong expectation, God really moving you into something good, something big, and it can get muddied. The water can get cloudy. Where you, you, you still are progressing, but you're not seeing clear. Understand this, God will cause you to abound in hope and expectation about your future and what's going on, but sometimes the water can get muddy. Going back to your relationship is important. I know this, that prayer and time with God can clarify things. Are you with me? Because sometimes we can be going, yes, I'm moving forward with God. This is it. We are there. And all of a sudden the water looks murky and muddy. And one thing about murky and muddy water, what uh, you saw 10 feet away, you could actually now be two feet from it. And if the water is murky, you don't see what's right in front of you. And so it is super important in transition times to keep praying. Be alert. If you find your mind is kind of getting a little busy, take some time aside. Pray. Let the water get calm. Let the things that are clouding you get uh, removed. Let the water get purified through prayer. These are real important things. I mean, I know when I used to free dive, I would... uh, I like to spearfish because you don't have to go to the store. You don't pay for fish. You get free fish and you get to pick the one you want as long as they don't get away from you. And, uh, but there were days when the water was just too stirred up. You'd be in the same place, but you couldn't see the same fish that were there. And you would have to get much closer if you were going to even shoot them. And I remember when the conditions were bad, I wouldn't even go in the water. But when there is turbulence, you know, there can be a muddying of the water. These things are common in the Bible. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you could be moving forward and all of a sudden you're like, wow, the vision just getting closer and closer and I have this sense it's on me and then all of a sudden I don't see it. Did you take it away, God? Is it done? And the answer is no. You know, make sure you do, don't do this. Because, tran- like I said, transitions are interesting. Make sure you don't do this. Everything's working perfect. It must be God. Uh-oh, we hit something hard. Maybe I'm missing it. We need to be careful. Jesus one time sent his disciples across, and he got in the boat with them and said, we've got to go over to this land. He goes out there. Jesus has tons of demand on him, so he's going to take a nap in the back of the boat. All of a sudden, a storm comes up. They're in the plan of God, and it's like so bad, it's trying to kill them. They wake up, Jesus, don't you care? We're perishing. And then all of a sudden, he wakes up, rebukes the storm, and rebukes them. Were they out of the will of God by all of a sudden a storm? If you're in a relationship and all of a sudden there's a storm, uh, 
don't rebuke that person. Deal with the storm. Get the water and the waves settled. Remember, you're in it together. And get a resolution. Don't hold things. And keep moving. Jesus dealt with the storm. He didn't say, we must be out of the will of God. He knew he was smack in the will of God. Are you with me? And he pressed on, and a whole region changed but they were in the middle of this transition from one place of ministry to another, and a storm came. And so we know this, God is doing and endeavoring to do big things. What, what do we do? What are some of the things we do, though, when we're right there stepping? Look at this in First Kings, or Second Kings, and I'm probably going to end up tying up what we've been talking about. But 2 Kings, uh, we see a young uh, minister here who is moving into a, a higher place. And he was now right at the place where transition is happening. He served. He's done what he's supposed to do. Uh, people have known he's been serving. And he's right at a transition time. And you know, transitions are different for different people. Whether it's a relationship one, whether it's a family transition, there are a lot of similarities in dealing with things. And here in 2 Kings, the second chapter will begin reading in verse 3. Now the son, 2 Kings, the second chapter, now the sons, verse 3, 2 Kings 2, verse 3. Now the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Elijah had been serving this guy Elijah for years. He was knowing transition was coming and it is like on him. And it's so interesting that there were other people that started picking it up too. Not everybody, but some started knowing, hey, this transition that's happening, it's a real thing. And they knew it from God and they're like, hey, do you know that there's a change happening? And it's going to happen today. And he said to them, yes, I know. Then he said, Shut up. Keep silent. In other words, I understand what's going on. I realize this. You know, in transition and in life, we don't maybe need to tell people, shut up. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. Some people were writing that down. Now people are scribbling it out. Okay, don't, don't tell them to shut up. Okay, well then what are we supposed to do? What he's basically saying is, I know God's plan. Sure, you recognize it, but, but I'm not going to be moved by you. And you know, sometimes in life when we know God's plan, we have to be careful not to be moved by other people. Sometimes they'll hit it right on the head. But, but I can't move forward because they're directing me to move forward. I should just be thankful and go, thank you, God. I already knew that. Uh, and I appreciate that you would speak through somebody and confirm what I already knew. 
But what if I know something and somebody else says, back away? It's the same thing. Shut up. No. It's like, okay, you're saying back away. I know what I know. I'm just going to have to keep going. People have good intentions. Maybe people have bad intentions. I don't know. But what I do know and what I have direction on, I'm going to move forward. And so he said, keep silent. Verse 4. Then Elisha, Elijah, who's the guy Elisha is serving, said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. Just, just, just quit moving forward. You know, people that we respect sometimes may say some things we need to know. Do we really know what we know? And what are we going to do with what we really know? A, a, a good, well-meaning family member. Somebody we look up to or respect. He said, he said, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I'm going to stick with the original intention and purpose God placed on my life until the end. Here's the interesting thing about this whole transition. Tons of time. I know that's a term that's hyper. But lots of time has passed from the original direction till this last ticks of the clock to this transition. And he's made it all the way to the door. You know... Maybe he was getting tired. Maybe he was thinking, man, it's gone on for so long. And now there's voices saying, hey, it's happening. But I got to know for myself. Then, the, then there's a voice saying, maybe, maybe, maybe just back away. You just sit here. And it's real interesting. He said, verse, we'll read verse 5 again. Now the sons of the, I'm sorry, verse 4. Then Elijah said, to Elijah, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. He didn't get dissuaded along the way. You would think after, you know, uh, getting some words, move back, don't move forward, it would be the end. We're right there. We're right there. I'm about to take the step and the same voices come back. Look at verse 5. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord who will, the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Isn't it interesting? He said, Do you know this? We got direction. Do you know? Do you have direction? You know, when Jesus transitioned from a life of, of carpentry into ministry, those same kind of thoughts came to him as he transitioned. I mean, literally. They said, he, he, they, they would say this, or the enemy did, are you this? Is this really so? 
and there were challenges. Listen, keep pressing. Do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. And then shut up. Keep silent. In other words, I know this myself. I'm going to keep going. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. Isn't it interesting? He's traveling around these same voices keep showing up, but he has something hid in his heart that is about to become real apparent to everybody around him. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Well, there was going to be a day of change, but he said, it's not going to be happening because I back away. And he said, so the two of them went on. Verse 7, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. Now they're not right there with them, but they're watching because they even know something's going on. They, they were picking, on some, picking up something that God was doing. They didn't know how or what was going to happen, but they knew they were in the middle of a transition. And while the two of them stood by the Jordan, verse 8, Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided, this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. I mean, the sea just opened up, and there goes Elijah. And Elijah, you know, he could have, Elijah could have thought, whoa, this is a little different. What if this closes in? He thought, no, I've got to stick with the plan. I mean, he knew he was at the last hour of what was going on before this massive transition. This transition would be a showing forth of a, a tremendous increase. One of the greatest prophets to have lived in that day was Elijah. What they were about to see was double of Elijah. They didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. And he said, they crossed over on dry ground. Then verse 9, so it was when they had crossed over. I mean, he's continuing on. He's continued on. He's continued on. Then Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. Isn't it interesting? The voices draw back, draw back, stay here. And now all of a sudden it's not draw back. It's what do you want? You stuck with it. What do you desire? You stayed with it. You know, sometimes staying with it isn't always pretty. Sometimes it's not always glamorous. Sometimes people fall along the way. That doesn't always, dis that doesn't always disqualify them either. You know, Peter was like this. He was coming into a transition time and, and, and he, he had been, you know, the guy that got to go to places the other nine apostles didn't get to go to. And, and he's right at the transition, right at a promotion. And the Lord said, um, you know, I've been praying for you that you would make it. And he's like, 
I'm never turning back. I'll die for you. And he even made an attempt. I mean, he took out a sword and cut off this guy's ear. And he's like, I'm doing it. You got to admire somebody who's going to fight. Who's going to stick with, not just fight. <laughs> well, my neighbors are fighting. You know, not, not, I'm not talking just a fight for the sake of a fight, but somebody who will go with you, who, who will have your back. You know, not when you're like, here we go. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's that? It's a knife in my back from that person. No, but I mean somebody who's going to fight with you, who's going to stick with you, who's going to, as they would say, I don't know if they say this anymore, throw down with you, not against you. You know, they got you. And, and Peter was that guy. He's like, I'll die for you. I, I'll go for it. And, uh, and, you know, I'm sure the Lord knew his intention, but it wasn't long and all of a sudden Peter's denying the Lord. I mean at the change and promotion of ministry where he's going to go from uh, one of the three out of the twelve that have this special place to being called one of the pillars in this new dynamic ministry that we are a part of today. And here he is transitioning and he starts denying the Lord. He, he's losing his temper. People are saying, are you one of them? And he's like, I'm going to die for you. And some lady throws him. I, you speak like them. You were with them. I th yeah. No, and then, then to make it like, you know, I'm not one of them because they had distinctions. They looked different. Isn't it true that the world knows we're supposed to be different? Everybody is okay if they cuss, but you cuss and they'll go, I thought you were a Christian. How do you know the Christian standard? It's like, do they have a special, you know, thing? Like, well, I thought Christians weren't supposed to do that. But Peter, man, he just lets it rip. I don't know why. I don't know if he just had anger and he cussed, or if he cussed to throw him off the path, to make it look like I'm not one of them. And he cursed, and he cussed, and he denied the Lord three times. And then the rooster crows... And he's reminded, oh man, Jesus is going through this. He totally didn't understand it, but they knew the kingdom was going to be set up and they knew things were going to change and he has blown it big time. He's made a mistake and he didn't just do it once, he did it twice, he did it three times a lady. No, wait, that's, a, never mind. And... um I had a guy at work who used to do that. If anybody was whining, he'd say, he would sing that to him. Say, you're a, no, not that women complain. He'd just say, you're always a woman to me. And uh, had different songs he would sing when people complained. Maybe we should bring, no. No, I'm kidding. I'm at nothing. <laughs> Sheesh. Actually, we're, we have problems with the internet, right? We're not up. Are we up? We're not up. Yeah, because we've had issues with Cox, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Everybody's writing it down. They'll post that on Facebook. You're always a woman. This is Ella's favorite part. When I start, I was going to say singing, howling, whatever I do. But 
But here he is, he's in the middle of this thing, and it is horrible. He, he's messed up, and uh, now what am I going to do? You know what's so cool is the Lord, when the Lord rose from the dead, he went to the disciples and he purposely made an attempt to restore Peter. He said, go tell them and Peter. You know, I think in our own lives, there's often a time where there's an and Peter or an and whatever your name is. You know, and, and, and it's not like, well, you did it. That's it. All right. Goodbye. There is that time. And, and in the middle of a transition, I'm sure there was a lot of turbulence that nobody saw. You know, when we came back from El Salvador, um, we we had delays, but we were making it in you know Central America, Florida, and, uh, coming into beautiful Phoenix, 118 or 19 degrees, you know, and a storm is here. So now we've got a circle and circle, and then they get on the thing. We may have to fly to Tucson. Oh, really? After flying all day, now we're supposed to be home at 10, and it's after, it's the next day, late at night. And, uh, but why didn't they just go jam it in there? We're landing. They're like, there is a big storm right there. There's turbulence. And, you know, in, in this time of transition, there was a lot of turbulence. We, we can't totally read about it just reading that part. But if we read other scriptures, we could realize there was a lot of turbulence in this transition. As a matter of fact, we know there was angelic work happening because angels had came and would prepared him. A Moses and Elijah had prepared Jesus, talked to him about this day of transition that was coming. Different things happened. He was in the garden. He was praying and his will had gotten set toward this transition. He was getting prepared, but there were unseen forces, not only positive, but negative that were at work. And that day, uh, we can read back from the book of Corinthians, it says this, that had the princes of the world known uh, what they were doing in killing him, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Meaning this, there were unseen forces at work that people were yielding to that nobody knew about uh, so to speak. And in this transition time, we got this guy Peter, who's literally called to preach the first message in this new thing that's coming that was called a mystery. Wasn't even revealed till the church started. They didn't even know it was called a mystery. And Peter is the one who's going to be used. He, he's got this call, and he's blown it. And so the Lord said, well, enough's enough with you. No, he didn't. And when he rose, he said, look, there's a purpose. And he starts reaffirming his purpose in this transition time. And so we need to realize there can be a lot of forces at work in transition. But how many of you know the Bible says that the Lord will stand with us and strengthen us? 
Have you ever made it somewhere in God and thought, how'd I make it here? And you look back and thought, I don't even know how the strength, but I'm, I'm still here. Those times come to everybody. One real famous minister said, you haven't gone far yet unless you've hit a hard time. That's not an encouraging word. But it's the truth. Where you want to quit. But how many of you know, uh, we come through those times. And one thing about transitioning is, often you come through them as you're transitioning. You might think, where'd all the smoke go? Where'd all the flames go? But I haven't entered in yet. But you're there. It's a great time for as the Lord, when he transitioned into his original ministry, it said angels came and began to strengthen him. God is working. Let's pick this back up in the 11th verse. Or verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard... Well, verse 9. So it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Wow. Right in this transition, increase was happening in a way that nobody had ever seen before. And it said, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. You know what's cool about asking hard things? It doesn't disqualify an answer. It just means, okay, that was a hard thing. Big deal. Doesn't mean you're disqualified from it. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Just, you asked a hard thing. But he said, nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, how many of you know he... He kept pressing and kept pressing and kept pressing. And now he's at the last press until he sees massive change. If you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, verse 11, as they continued and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horsemen of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. I mean, he stuck with it, and all of a sudden there was a supernatural transition. And what's so wild is the, the, the thing that he wanted, he began to enter into that day. As a matter of fact, when he left... They had seen, and they didn't even know what happened to his master. They didn't know everything, those 50 prophets. If you read, they're like, maybe, maybe he was taken and moved to another land. And he's like, no. He said, everything's changed now. He even yielded to them, if you read the story. And then they came back and confirmed what he said. But it's so wild, he began to walk in something new that very day. Now, let's close over here. So what can we see from, from Elijah and Elisha? Uh, Elisha knew and Elijah knew that a change would come at some point. The change was there. The change was upon them. One thing we can see is be persistent in transition times or when you're at the door. Because there will be opposition you could see it in Jesus' ministry. You could see it in Peter's ministry. You could see it in Elijah and Elijah's ministry. Just be persistent. Realize this, it won't be long. 
It won't be long. Maybe next week we'll pray about it. What do you do when you enter? Because that is a huge thing in itself. But notice this in Acts the 15th chapter. Acts 15. And we'll look at this one thing as you're moving along in these imminent transition. And there are tons of these verses. Acts 15. One thing that you need to do is stay sensitive to God. Be aware. Be, be vigilant in maintaining your relationship. Because this will be a huge thing for you. We can see here a man that was having a transition, and, and we don't know if he knew. I'm sure he had a further calling on his life. But sometimes, you know, a job may seem uncomfortable, and you're like, I know God's trying to promote me. But, but it's just not working out. Okay, I'm, I'm moving. Make sure you move and you know you're supposed to move. Are you with me? Whatever the thing is, make sure you, know, you stay aware of God's dealings and follow them. Notice this in Acts 15 verse 32. It says, Now Judas and Silas, Acts 15 32, Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. What it was, was this area had come open to the gospel, and the church of Jerusalem started sending people to help do this ministry. Two of them they sent were these reputable guys, Judas and, and Silas. They were tremendous ministers. They went down and helped. There were other people down there working, doing this work. And it said, verse uh, 33... And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. So you see these guys going, helping. They've got this work going. And the people there said, now, now you can go back to where you were. And as this time ends and they're going to go back, Silas knew it wasn't time for him to make a move yet. And it says, they were sent back with greetings. Verse 34, however, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. You know, sometimes we just know and it seems good and it seems right to do something. And he knew that. Even though they were commissioned to go and then to be sent back, he said, I just need to stick with it right now. Doesn't that kind of sound like Elijah? I just need to stick with it and stay right here. He didn't know uh, that there was going to be such a transition. And, and maybe he knew uh, there was something bigger brewing. Maybe we don't know exactly. But I don't know if he knew that this was going to happen. Verse 35, Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go visit the brethren and so on. And Barnabas wanted to take his, this one guy with him who had just been super unfaithful, and he didn't want him to go and bail again. There was a big strife situation that started, and Barnabas said, no, I'm going to take him. Paul now needs somebody to help him in this world ministry. 
Well, where are you going to go to? Who, who, who am I going to ask to help? Notice this. Some of the people that should have been there, Barnabas, is not there anymore. But how many of you know the plan of God marches on? And verse 34 said, well, verse 39, then the contention became sharp, and they should have solved the problem, but they didn't. They parted from one another, and Barnabas took Mark, or John Mark, and sailed to Cyprus. It's interesting, they kind of went back to their own home, just kind of did whatever. And Paul chose Silas, Paul chose Silas being commended by the brethren, you know, for the grace of God. It's interesting, Silas stuck with what he was knowing, and all of a sudden this transition happened, and he entered into this transition. Tell me that's not cool. Sometimes being faithful and sticking with things uh, can lead you into open places, open doors, in and through transitions that maybe had seemed like a long time waiting. But how many of you know uh, doors are open? Like we read at the beginning, I'm doing something big in your day that if it could be told you, you wouldn't even believe it. How many believe that's true? He could be doing something so big in your life, it'd blow you away financially. Something so big in ministry, it would blow you away. But you can always have those people who do this. Pfft, whatever. But how many of you know, they did, that, they did that at different times in the Bible, and afterwards they weren't, pfft, whatever. They were like, oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, the Lord's good. What do we do? Just keep on. Stay sensitive. Just keep on. Just keep on.